Rock Lovers Rejoice! Our guest heretic for this episode is Tamara Staples, a photographer that combines her love of art and cock into picture books. Today we will learn what got her so interested in cocks, what is her favorite cock of all time, and how the photography and chickens come together. Coming up next on the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. If you're still confused about what to eat and not getting the results you thought you'd get by going organic, go to NutritionHeretic.com and download the shit list of seven health foods to avoid like the plague for free. The shit list details what health food companies want you to believe about the crap they peddle and why the real foods they're meant to replace are far better. Stop letting big health food dump all over you and download the shit list today. Fat is bad for you. I just pop a pill and I'm fine. Meat is murder. <laughs> it's time for bad food punishment. It's time for real nourishment. It's time for the nutrition heretic. The following program is provided as information only and may not be construed as medical or health advice. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. No action or inaction should be taken solely on the basis of the information provided here. Please consult with a licensed healthcare professional or doctor on any matter relating to your health and well-being. Aloha and welcome to the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. This is Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic, coming to you from sunny Waimea in Hawaii. And it is, uh, we're coming in on Christmas, guys. And you know what that means. It's time to get your copy of 50 Ways to Eat Cock. Um, this is, this is my season, y'all. <laughs> it's when, uh, people decide that it's the, it's the perfect, um, perfect time to enjoy a little cock during the holidays. And uh, it's uh, I, I have found from my Amazon reviews that uh, more than anything, this book seems to do really well, although after the Me Too movement, this could change, um, but it seems to do really well at office parties, <laughs> Christmas grab bags and, and things like that. So just keep it in mind. Um, so as you guys know that um, when I wrote the book, I didn't actually own any chickens, but now I do. And my neighbors, well, I live in a neighborhood now uh and to keep the neighborhood quiet i had to get rid of my cock to let him go (laughs) yeah it was sad because we really liked him we called him black beauty because he was really he was really pretty he was a wild cock and um uh, I think I think that these uh, wild Hawaiian chickens are descended from some English. Uh, I forget what the the breed is called, but they they look a lot like some British um, uh, old breeds um, that I think just kind of went wild when they got here. So that brings me to today's guest heretic, Tamara Staples. She is the uh, photographer for uh, The Fairest Fowl, as well as another book called uh, The Magnificent Chicken. Welcome to the show, Tamara. I keep wanting to call you Tamara, like, like, like <laughs> do free Tamari, but <laughs> but you're you're Tamara, like camera, as you <laughs> Tamara, like camera. Thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate it. So tell me, what is what got you so interested in fowl in cocks? 
Well, um, I came to fall in love with the cock because my favorite uncle um, is a breeder of chickens and he um, invited me to go to a poultry show many, many years ago. I had never been before. I knew he had chickens in his backyard and they were purebred. Um, Of course, that was all I knew. And when I went to the poultry show, um, I walked in to the room. I mean, it was this gigantic room of, I don't know, 500 different types and breeds of chickens. And I was mesmerized by the variety of the shapes, the colors, the sizes. And it was sort of like, you know, love at first sight. I was blown away by what I was seeing. And I, no one, I mean, I didn't really know that much about the chick, any, that anyone even knew about all these different, this outlet of like show poultry, basically. And have you heard? No, I was going to say, I I hadn't really contemplated poultry shows. I knew about places where you could, you know, like the like markets down in the Bronx where you could like buy live chicken to, you know, have them slaughter right there for you. Um, right. Or at least well, they did I think- in the 70s. But, I, you know, I was unaware of the poultry show, like the dog show or the goat, you know, 4-H kind of thing. <laughs> It's fascinating. I mean, they are, most people, I think either they see them at like the fairs that they go to in the summer, you know, Mm. or that's basically what they know. But actually there is quite a web of poultry shows all over the country and in many other countries as well. I mean, they're very popular in Australia, Mm -hmm. for instance, and England and France. And so I, I, you know, this, it's just like this interesting subculture of people who pick their favorite breeds of chickens and they spend their lives in pursuit of creating the perfect specimen through breeding. Right. So how much are chickens being uh, bred today and for what qualities are we looking for that hasn't already been done, basically? Because, you know, when well, I, when, when um, you know, I'm, I'm hopefully before Christmas, we'll have my coloring book. Out. <laughs> 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 and, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, people are talking about their, you know, Australorps and their Orpingtons and, you know, these heritage breeds. Uh, what, what are some of the newer breeds being bred for? Well, there's a variety of, um, of breeds that happen. Now, when... Most of the people are breeding to the standard of perfection, which is a book that's been in publication for, I don't know, 200 years when people or whenever, you know, maybe 100 years ago, they would have shows at Madison Square Garden where the gentleman farmer would come and they would show their birds. Um, so it's, it's, these breeds are very old. They're from all over the world. Um, and then the newer breeds are, Generally, um, they're mixes of two birds. Like one of my favorite is called the the showgirl, which is actually either cocks or hens. But <laughs> it's a co- I know right. It's a combination of a of a, a silky and a naked neck. Oh and yeah, it's yeah. A bizarre looking thing. But this is the thing about these 
these um, new breeds that are are um, accepted into the standard of perfection. They have to be, there has to be a certain amount of people who are breeding them. They have to be um, over a certain amount of years that have been bred and they have to be shown uh, within the system of the poultry shows like a certain amount of times. Mm. So it can take, I don't know, 10 years to um, have one of the, the um, birds admitted to the standard of perfection they're very picky right, and they want right. to make sure that they keep them you know perfect if you will right right well it almost sounds like getting a new word put into the oxford english dictionary you know <laughs> like it yes. has to be in use for very, a certain very. amount of time you know it has to make it to social yeah. media that kind of thing um so uh there was a time when when um the poultry association that you know made our food and and this association were closely linked um, I think all of that's kind of gone out of fashion now since, you know, hormones are used to make the chickens grow really fast right. and with larger breasts. And, um, but in, because it, we would, you know, these people who were raising these chickens for show would keep them at a, a standard. So there was always stock to choose from, you right. know, like the heavy meat producers and the right. heavy egg layers. And like, those were the practical reasons that people were keeping them, but also like, you know, just the showmanship of of the birds and the beauty of the feathers and so forth. Right. So, so for you as a photographer, what per, what do you prefer? Is it the hen or the cock? <laughs> <laughs> and you I'm serious, like, because because we know that the cock, oh, like every bird, right? And pretty much, as far as I know, every bird that's the male that has the 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 prettier feathers. It's true, but it's. The thing, when I began this project, I think what surprised me about the chickens was they were beautiful, of course, but I set out to create and to capture, I should say, I was out, I I wanted to capture the personality of the bird. So when I photographed them, I'm really looking for the bird to give me something, to, to strut its stuff or to like show me a side of it that... I wasn't expecting. And so, I mean, it'd be great also if the bird have perfect feathers and a big red comb, but you know, there are all kinds of birds there and some of them are a little bit beat up. Maybe they're being, they're molting or maybe they're not old enough or what have you. But I found, um, you know, the, the cocks are actually more beautiful because their plumage is, is, um, you know, more exaggerated. Mm -hmm. Um, but, I've gotten gorgeous shots of the hens because they're just more, you know, maybe, you know, have a better personality. Right. They're, yeah, because cocks, you know, they're aptly named sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They can be dicks. (laughs) So uh, So true. But uh, But also it's about age. I mean, it's, it's interesting that I've, I've met a lot of cocks and hens now and their, their personalities are, really different and just like dogs um certain breeds are known for certain personalities you know some are more high strung and some are very docile um and then of course with age if you if you photograph a a pullet um you know which is a chicken under a year you know they they may be even more so or if they're in their teenage years for instance you may not even be able to keep them on the background because they're just like flighty and crazy and like wild-eyed 
Yeah. But then the older birds, you know, they're going to just stand. They stand in front on the background and they're they look right into the camera. That's the thing that I never got used to. They like even though my camera was like 10 feet away. Right. You know, when I would get home and look at the images that like their eye was focused right on the lens of the camera. Mm. So always so surprising. They, they to were me. probably trying to figure out whether or not they could eat it. <laughs> like, can I fit my beak? Like, that's the only my my um. There's this one hen that won't go back in the coop at night, and I know uh-huh. she's going to get eaten by a mongoose sooner or later. But she keeps eating. Like in the morning, we put out the cat's food, and she just go like if the cats aren't around, she'll eat all of their food, and oh, then the wow. cats get nothing. Like, yeah, she just she does not want to go. And we have it's not like we don't have plenty of stuff for her to eat. We have like an acre of land. She always goes for the cap. She goes for easy. (laughs) She's just, she's that What kind of breed is she? Um, She's some kind of wild chicken. There's so many wild chickens in Hawaii, you know, (laughs) like it doesn't I was wondering about that because, you know, I know Key West has, they're, they're notorious for having wild chickens. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty much considered a pest here. So Mm -hmm. like to, to that point, uh, even though we have mongoose, which, you know, actively attack chickens uh, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they have... they, they just they just kill them for the hell of it. Like they they don't even eat them. They just like kill them and then leave them for you to discover the next day. Um, oh, wow. So yeah, they're such a oh, <laughs> I wow. hate those little things. Have you lost some of your chickens to mongoose? Um, ironically, no. In our last house, we had neighbors whose dogs always seemed to find their way into our yard and kill our chickens. And um, but uh, since we moved here, so far, so good. We haven't had anything. And we have two cats, so they probably keep the, right. the mon- mongoose under control. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, we ha- and actually there's a bunch of stray cats, too, that uh, oh, don't bother the chickens either, but they probably also help with you know, rats and, and mongoose. Right. Wow. But, it's wild um, out there. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit wild west here. You know, sometimes people are like, yeah, anything goes in Hawaii. Um, not- well, I live in Brooklyn and I live across the street from a cemetery. And we have, I mean, sometimes there'll be like 10 or 15 raccoons going through our garbage. So uh, it can be wild in the middle of the city, too. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar <laughs> with New York and, and Brooklyn, although I never lived in Brooklyn. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with, with some of the wildlife that can uh, survive. And I hear that there's some coyotes, too, right? Um, I've not seen any coyotes. Yeah, you don't see them, but I hear they're around. And they seem to flock to kind of just living on the verge of the cities now wow. like all over the country so Poor guys so so you said your your favorite cock was or or chicken was the was that uh the silky mix with the the bear that's, neck, no, that? that's one of the new ones that's just one of I the mean, new I, ones I, I think that's a really cool interesting bird but i mean there are so many like one i think people's favorites I can't tell you that I have one favorite one because I do have a lot of them but I like um the the um Polish you know they have that shock of hair that comes out of the top uh-huh. of their heads yeah yeah and, and the one that looks like a, Rod Stewart that one yes okay <laughs> and then on top of that I think it's so interesting there'll be there's a uh I, th- I guess it's a gene I, I've never dabbled in chicken breeding but if you if it's called a frizzle so if you breed a frizzle with another bird any kind of bird that you have the feathers will grow from back to front 
And the, oh. so they're all curly. Oh, and that, that will create, that's its own like thing, you know, like a frizzle Polish is a really interesting bird. Right. <laughs> and then there's like the, um, the really beautiful Seabrights, which are, mm. they're laced. So every single feather has a like is tipped in a different color like so it looks like it's actually sewn on or something it's just absolutely beautiful and then one of my favorite birds is called a cochin i'm sure it's a very popular you probably know what that is right yes i I do i believe i do um they have the i I definitely have heard of them i just i'm trying to picture one right now they have sort of a really back their backside is like really full Mm. So it's like a, but it's really, this is a great story. Um, Queen Victoria was gifted a coachin in whenever, 18, whenever she was in power. And it became, uh, you know, so from a Chinese emperor, it's a Chinese bird. Right. And it took England by storm. Like so much so that people stopped breeding all other birds. Oh, wow. It was that exciting. And if you think about it, during that time was when the bustle came into fashion. Right. And I am absolutely sure. And I've not read anything about it. But if you look at a coach and their backside is like almost as high as their head and it's all feathers. You don't see their feet. It's just they're Mm -hmm. just like one block of feathers. And then their butts are like big and round. That totally makes sense. Isn't that hilarious? Absolutely makes sense because we do know that throughout the world, you know, especially when we look at some of the, the kind of native tribes, if you want to call, you know, you know, from Papua New Guinea or wherever, uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of these, a lot of times uh, the males in, in many of these cultures will paint themselves to mimic birds. Wow. Yep. Um, so it's, you know, it's not of a far leap, uh, especially in an age before (laughs) the internet and, you know, all all the distractions that we have now, uh, for people to have mimicked, uh, um, you know, a bird in fashion. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's probably still a lot of fashion that, that we just don't even, you know, shoes and (laughs) all kinds of things. Well, you know, in England also. Again, back to England because they're big on their bird stuff. But the the hats that women wear, yes, you know, like well, the she, they love society their, kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. Another one of my favorite birds is the um, modern game, and they are super skinny. They they are they're very tall and they have very tall legs. And they were originally um, the modern game. Um, they were bred for fighting because they're mm. tall and skinny, and they do something called dubbing which is so sad to me but they cut off their combs Uh. yeah so and so they have a clean head and they cut off their wattles as well so they're like very they don't even look like a chicken right um they're just they have super tall legs and they have a super long neck and um so but they did this because they didn't want the you know the birds to bleed basically you know when they were fighting. fighting yeah but they're such beautiful, elegant, and weird. They look like dinosaurs. Right. Is that the, is that the, the big thing that looks like Big Bird and they have the video? It like walks out of the, <laughs> it looks like a person in a, in a bird suit. Is that, it's that not big very one? Or? Fluffy. It's not okay. fluffy. It's not fluffy. The bird, the, the feathers are very close to okay. the, the, the bird itself and it doesn't have any feathers on it. It's not feather legged. So it has a clean. Okay. 
feet. Um, but they're very just elegant. Like about how big we talking? Like, well, I mean, when you say big, you know, like tall, a foot. A foot. Okay, because the one I'm talking <laughs> but, about is like human size. This. <laughs> oh my goodness, I've yeah, not seen. You, that. you haven't seen that? Oh, I got, girl, I got to show you. <laughs> I know you it's, really it's, do. It's. Can uh, you eat it? <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'd. Uh, I, I, I'd tongue. be afraid to try and stick that one in my mouth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> No, it's it's disturbingly large, and it doesn't it doesn't even look like an animal. It literally looks like somebody in their Halloween costume. Good grief! And what part of the world is it? I have no idea. <laughs> Just somebody sent me the video. Oh Actually, there's a couple of, there's a couple of videos floating around. I will I will share it with you. You really um, need to. I want to see that. Yeah, um, it's just it's it's uh, it's wild. Um, so I, I'm not sure I even need to ask you what my next question was, which is how how do chickens and art intertwine? Like you know, because I I I think that you are rare in the sense that I think most people would look, they're like, oh, I'm a photographer. I'm too good to take pictures of chickens. <laughs> uh, you know, like I, I have to take, you know, some other kind of um, pictures or at least, you know, chicken when it's cooked or something like that. But, you know, like where do you see the two come together? What do they have in common? Well, I mean, I was, I guess they're beautiful and I love the idea of, creating a portrait from animals. Now, animal photography is nothing new. Sure. I mean, William Wegman took it to the extreme level. I mean, he's like one of the most famous art photographers known. Um, he uses Weimaraners and they became super famous and he's done everything with them. Um, and they're in museums. And But I guess, um, you know, I've always just been attracted to whatever I'm attracted to. And I make that I'm an artist. So that's where that intersection happens. Mm. Um, when I first began photographing the birds, people made fun of them. Uh, They're like, oh, that's so silly chickens, you know, no one, you know, whatever. There are things you eat. Right. But over time, you know, the people who got it, like saw the humanity, like for me, maybe the most profound part of photographing these chickens is that we eat them. We eat them. And here they are in this amazing um, network of people lifting them up and showing their beauty. And when I would take one of these gorgeous creatures and put it on my backdrop and light it and work with it to get it to like, give me some kind of emotion or, you know, whatever you do when you're shooting a portrait. All I could think about is like, I've eaten your people and you're standing on. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. People. I have goats. And you're standing yeah, on my background, giving me like your everything. And right. it just, it humbled me. Yeah. It really humbled me. You know, like I did not, I don't know. That's as, and then the rest is like when people see them and they're like, one of my favorite stories was someone emailed me. She's like, I love to get drunk with my girlfriends and we go through your book and talk about which chicken we'd have sex with. 
Oh, oh, oh <laughs> I was dear. Like, you know what? <laughs> but like they, they see pe- these as people. They right. see the personality. They get it. You know, right. they get that this one is macho and that this one is shy and that this one is, you know, sexy. You know, right. like they are really giving you the full spectrum of personality. And I think, you know, I'm not a vegetarian. Right. In fact, they serve chicken at the poultry shows. Oh, right. Yeah. But the the poultry show, though, those aren't necessarily eaten chickens, right? Those are (laughs) those are show chickens. They're all edible. They're all edible, technically. But (laughs) but do you want to eat a chicken that I mean, I was with the C. I I did a CSA for many years Mm -hmm. and and our farmer decided to introduce chickens. And I was like, that's great. We would love to buy, you know, eat chickens from your farm. And then we got them. And they're, they run around freely all day long, eating whatever they want. And they were the worst cooking chickens I'd ever eaten. Yeah. It was just like, no, like their flesh was hard. Yeah. Well, you know, that's why I wrote so, the book. That's, that's Honestly, that is, that is why I wrote the book because um, my friend, she was raising, she, she got the the birds from the hatchery and they the, as chicks and they were like ah at least half of them will be hens every last one of the 50 was a was a dude like every single one of them was a rooster wow and so she's like adrian i don't know what the hell to do with these <laughs> she's like they're, they're tough stringy and dry and i was like ah give me a crack at it <laughs> so you figured out how to I, i'm curious tell me well, um, steam, low, slow water. Like you don't want to roast them. You don't want to fry them unless they're very young. You don't okay. want to, you know, cook them with that kind of direct heat. Uh, you know, it's, it's all about the low and the slow. And now if it's an older one, it's good. It might take a couple of days to get them to, to, to lighten up, you know, <laughs> to, to, um, wow. be palatable. But, uh, for the most part, uh, I have found that the average cock or, you know, older laying hen will take about an hour and a half. Hmm. So you can steam them. You can, you know, like Chinese style, um, you can, any kind of, any kind of stew. So think of like, um, you know, like Moroccan tagines. Um, You could even do like a paella if you, you know, time it right. Uh, you can do really any kind of, uh, you know, like the old fashioned, actually the first, when my friend told me this, the first thing that came to mind was coco vin, which is, oh, wow. you know, it would cook is cock in French, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, and it's stewed in wine. Uh, wow. you know, the, uh, cockaliki in Scotland is, uh, you know, pretty popular. Most people know about that. And, and, you know, it's, it's just cooked down. It's like a soup basically. Uh, huh. In Jamaica, which is my family background, uh, cock soup. Like every Jamaican will tell you about some, they, every Jamaican has a cock soup story. I have no idea why, but they all have <laughs> one. <laughs> they all have some rest, some, something about it. Um, you know, it's, it's incredibly like, you know, in throughout the animal kingdom, I tend to talk over myself. I apologize. But, um, <laughs> uh, throughout the animal kingdom, uh, when, or I should say in farm, uh, in the farming scenario, the males are always expendable, right? Hmm. Because you, first of all, you have more than two cocks in, you know, in a space and they're going to fight each other unless they have unlimited numbers of hens to choose huh. from. They will oh. fight. They will beat the shit out of each other. So you can, you know, for every 15 hens, you got to have just one cock. 
because they, they he, anybody else, and they will fight to the death. They don't care if they're brothers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they, they really go after each other. Wow. Um, and the same thing with bulls and, you know, bears, like any other kind of animal, you know, they just fight, the males always fight. So when you have them in a farming situation, you have to, you know, like I have, I'm borrowing a, a buck right now to breed my, um, my doe and I have to keep him separate from her son because he will kill him. Wow. You know, to, to thinking that just be, even though he's a weather, the son is a weather, so he has no balls. <laughs> so, but he will wow. kill him because he knows that he could, in theory, is is um, competition. All right, right, yeah. So, anyway, I, I just sent you here um, through Skype the uh, giant chicken video. If you want to watch that and give us your reaction. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at it. Oh, good grief! <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a little frightening, isn't it? Oh, he's in Russia. Of course he's in Russia. Yeah, right? <laughs> and there, I've seen other videos with, with birds, uh, different, totally different videos with wow. birds that size. That's a Brahmin. Is a that? Brahma. Oh, that's right. That's right. I did see that. I did look that up at one point. Now you're, you're yeah. reminding me. Holy cow. That is the biggest. It doesn't even look like a, like a bird, right? It looks no. like somebody... <laughs> outfit i wonder what like some kind of chernobyl chicken (laughs) that is insane that is absolutely insane oh my gosh yeah that's definitely um a brahma yeah beautiful can you imagine if you got that one in the studio would you (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) oh my goodness i couldn't get it up on the background it would be you have to build a new set for for that. Yes, chicken. I really would. Well, I did. You know what? I did photograph some chickens um, while I was at the poultry shows, and they're pretty big. Mm. That's an incredible chicken. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So how do you how do you how do you tame a cock like that? You know, like for <laughs> for for photographing. Uh, uh, purposes, you know, like when you want to photograph, do, what is it? Because mine are like totally wild. They would never let me, you know, the mama hen would never let me near the babies when they were babies. And, you know, they're, they're, they don't, they, they chase me down for food, but they w- won't let me handle them. How do you, well, you know, the, I think I, go on. The, it's different when, you know, these birds are handled a lot. Yeah. From very early, some of these people in the in the spring they'll hatch out maybe two hundred birds, and mm-hmm. then they'll cull is what they call. Yeah. They kill off the ones that aren't going to be used, or they'll just save them and eat them. Right. Um, but they so they're constantly handled so that they're picked up, they're looked at, their feather size, they're you know like they're looking at their feet to make sure mm-hmm. that their feet look good, that they're head isn't you know they have to be perfect so probably one of them is getting handled every single day or more right um and so that is why they're a little bit and they actually work with them to pose like they actually (laughs) when i when they're on my set they have a long little stick that they can touch the beak and the and it will hold its head up more or just tap the backside and it will hold its butt up a little bit more. I mean, some birds like the silky, for instance, I mean, they cannot see the silkies are the ones that have right. 
they're, <laughs> the lamp <they> shade head. <laughs> yes, they're just like they're they're covered. Their their feathers actually have less barbs than any other um, hmm. of the birds, so they look like they have fur. And it's they're from China, and they're a delicacy. They have all dark skin and dark meat, and they're so you see them hanging in Chinatown. Yes. I'm sure. Yes. Um, those poor things they cannot see at all. You put them on the background. And they will just like their heads will go straight to the ground. Aww. And so you have to grab. So what the owner will do, I mean, there's lots of different techniques, like grab its back end and kind of shake it and it will like sit up a little bit. And sometimes when a bird is tired, you have to remember that these birds, they have traveled. They've, they've been put in a cage, right? They get stuck in a truck they're, they drive, I don't know, depending on how far they come. Some It could be an hour. It could be two hours. It could be four hours. Depend, and some people drive across the country to go to these poultry shows. Mm-hmm. So they've been in a truck. Then they get put on a, on a long table with thousands of other birds. They're, they're spending the night next to a bird they've never even met. Right? right? And then they get pulled out and and handled by the judge to look at its feathers and feet and head and like the shapes it gets measured and all and weighed and all kinds of stuff and then after it's you know been manipulated in all these kind of ways and it's in a weird place they bring it over to my set and they stick it down in the background right so the bird is like what the you know like you got to think about like what this bird has been through i always feel so bad for it but um so there's a variety of ways in which to get the bird, you know, one is with the stick to get it to, to stand up a certain way, Mm -hmm. or sometimes I'll go over and pick the bird up and just rub its head and look at it and talk to it. And then I'll put it back. I don't handle it too much because if I break a feather, I don't want to be right. You know, know, I do not want to be blamed for that. Um, But there's other ways of like turning the bird upside down and letting it flap its wings to get the energy out and putting it back up. Or um, another great trick that works, and it works across all species, is to go and get the opposite sex of a bird Uh that that bird does not know. Uh And bring it over to the set and kind of wave it in its face. And if it's a male, particularly, it will perk right up. And it will start to like, <laughs> you know, show itself like shoulders back, head up high, you know, strutting around. And it works on females, too. I've seen it both ways. And that right. is like a wonderful little trick to get the bird to pose. You, you just reminded me of something that surprised me when I, you know, had my roosters um, and the hens is um, how differently they, you know, because like if as a novice you don't notice any difference, but when you look at the the stance, um, the positioning of the wings, uh, and uh, you know, kind of um, you know the personalities, like you said, uh, but you even just visually there is you know more beyond the comb, right? Because the the females can have a comb and waddle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you, they stand totally differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the male, they almost look like they're wearing little tuxedos, you know, like they put, they put their arms yep. down, to, their wings down to their sides <laughs> where the females kind of push back more yep. uh, mm-hmm. towards the rear. And I, I, I found that really fascinating that, that there was even that difference between the male and the female. 
and that it's not, um, you know, and then when you talk about him, you know, standing more erect and getting, you know, like showing some interest basically all of a sudden in what's going on, uh, that really kind of brought back that image. I know it's crazy. I mean, that, that just works against across all species. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it, it really is fascinating. And like, uh, because I was talking about the goat, and our goat, uh, you know, when the buck came in, actually, the buck makes this hilarious, you know, getting it on face. Uh, <laughs> It's, I it's, would like to see that. Oh, face. it's on my Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to look at it. He curls his upper lip when, like, oh he, he'll goodness. he'll sniff around her rear a- area, and then he'll oh, like wow. flip his upper lip and smile. <laughs> <laughs> and how does how does the female take it? Um, she it depends if she really wants anything to do with him. Um, right. So, like, when she first Funny. met him, he was trying to get close to her. And she just kept standing up on her hind legs to like, as if to say, like, get the away from me and I am bigger than you. <laughs> and, oh my gosh. Um, and then he, um, a- after a while, they started to buddy up and then she went into heat. And then the two of them were just kind of nuzzling up against one another. The time. It was really cute. So, um, and, and then she's not in heat anymore. So she's like, get me away from this guy. <laughs> <laughs> She's so like, get like, me away from him. Is it, is it, is it like a violent, weird thing? I can't imagine two goats having sex. Ah, uh, you know what? I've never actually been there for it, oh, <laughs> to, to be honest. But you know, his little pink torpedo kind of made an appearance, and <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> well, when chickens, this is the thing. I've seen many chickens have sex, yeah, but it is rapey, a huh? very, very. I'm sorry, the rapey, <laughs> the roosters. It is, and it's very fast. Yes. It's that coitus kiss, which is bizarre to me. It's like they're ever like they have this one hole that's for everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's really bizarre. It's so true, and they're like you know they, the males they'll bite the the hen on the head and hold yeah. it down, and she's like, "Get the f- off of me!" And then, that's it, right? <laughs> and then he's like, "Okay, I'm done. Go." Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. I'm done with you. Next. <laughs> exactly. And, um, yeah, and it's kind of fun, funny to watch them in the wild like that too, because I've seen, we used to live behind a, a brew house. And so they always have barrels of grain out there. And there would be, uh, this mama hen with her chicks and this rooster would show up all the time and chase her. And she would, oh. she would like try to find the highest tree she could find just to get away from him. She was oh, like, leave wow. me alone. I'm, you know, teaching my kids. <laughs> I'm teaching my kids how to forage for food. Now just leave us alone. <laughs> well, maybe he's heard, maybe someone has shared with him about the Me Too movement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> this concludes part one of our interview with Tamara. Join us next week when we will delve more into her cookbooks, learn about what she has in store for us next, and how to respect food coming from animal sources. This and more next week on the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. The Nutrition Heretic Podcast is a production of Savor the Journey, LLC. Our audio editor is Nikola Popovich. Our podcast manager is Crystal McLean. And our operations manager is Michelle Med. I'm your host, Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic. 
You can find us at the new and improved nutritionheretic.com where you can download the Nutrition Heretic's free shit list of seven health foods to avoid like the plague. You can also listen to previous episodes at nutritionheretic.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to like us on social media for updates. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash nutritionheretic and on Twitter at NutriHeretic. Contact us with show ideas, questions, or if you want to be a guest. And don't forget to rate our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. 